Live from Dixborough GAA, the Come On Kind All-Ireland Preview Show on KCLOR. With thanks to MLCS Cleaning Services, preferred supplier for all your facility-related cleaning requirements. See mlcsltd.ie. A very good evening, everybody, and welcome here to Palmerstown, home of Dixborough GAA and Camogie Club, for a special two hours of Come On Kind for a preview for this weekend's All-Ireland Final. Uh, tonight, while we're gathering in celebration of a big weekend of Camogie for Kilkenny, there is a tinge of sadness in the day as well. Earlier this morning, we learned of the sad passing of KCLR's own Johnny Barry at the age of 80. We've heard some amazing tributes to him over the day, and there will be plenty more on air after tonight's show, but we would like to recognise Johnny and send our condolences to all his family at this very, very sad time. Ariesh Day, Gorev Anam Dealish. And indeed, I was one of the ones that listened to Johnny Barry all throughout secondary school. Before bed, you'd always put Johnny Barry on and Johnny would put me to sleep in preparation for the following morning and done that all throughout secondary school, I can tell you. And what a man he was. We met him on many occasions coming back after an All-Ireland final at 12 o'clock in the night and Johnny would still be in the station banging the tunes away with sack loads of CDs that he would have ready to put back in the boot of his car and what a man, what an institution and he would be sadly, sadly missed by many, many, many people so to Johnny, may his gentle soul rest in peace so while that's the tribute we pay ourselves to Johnny from Come On Kind. I am delighted to be joined here this evening by my co-host, as always, Anya Fahi. Anya, you're very welcome in. We have a, a lot of things to get through today. We have some chat. We have uh, in-depth analysis of the games. The teams have been announced for day as well. So already, and it's going to be a, a good night here tonight. Yeah, I think it's going to be a cracker of a night here and you know it's great to be able to do an all Ireland preview and I suppose we had it with the lads only a couple of weeks ago so it's great that the girls are getting their turn as well and you know I'm very lucky for Palmerstown, Dixborough GA and Camogie Club to be able to give us the facilities to do it here as well. Um, so yeah, looking forward to a real good night. Like you know, love looking around at all the pictures of um, all the Dixborough teams over the years and especially the Camogie ones that a couple of them have given me a bit of heartbreak over the last couple of years but yeah, you know, really good strong tradition and of course have four or five girls on the panel and obviously then captain as well Eva Prendergast so a great night in store It certainly is Well our first girls have arrived into the Paramestown Clubhouse here in Dixborough GA and I'm delighted to be joined by some of the former members of the 1974 team that is TZ Brennan and Mary Fitzpatrick Mary of course was a mayor three times in Kilkenny and we're going to start with Mary because Mary Rumour tells us that while you were playing on the 1974 team in particular, that a first aider in particular had to be standing very close to you. But it wasn't for you, the problem was, just for your opponent. Well, Is that true? That's true. Um, it, it was a different, it was a very different game back then. Uh, you pulled first and asked questions after. <laughs> and um, Shem Downey would have uh, uh, been a great... Uh, Support and help, because uh, the girl that was mar marking me was uh, Marion Sweeney. She was their top scorer. And uh, Shem would have said, no, Mary, she's great with a high ball. And, uh, but I knew I was better. <laughs> and uh, every high ball came in, I grabbed it. Uh, 
the, the thing about that particular Cork team is they played centre of the field all the time. They never played the wings. So our goalkeeper would beat the ball out to the wings. We'd be there to collect it and drive it down to our compared to the other end. And uh, that's the way the game went. But they copped on in the second half what we were at. So our tact had to change. And I remember going into the dressing room that particular day. And, uh, of course, there was a few, I won't say a prayer has been said, but anyway, Shem Downey said, I'll end up in the hospital with a heart attack and they'll have to bring the bishop to me. <laughs> but um, anyway, he told us, he advised us again, along with the selectors, and there was a few changes uh, around on it. But from there on in, we worked very, very hard, but never underestimate Cork. Never underestimate them. They're you really got the better of them in the, the 70s with the meetings that you had, the 70s, the 80s and the 90s. It's only in the latter times from 2009 onwards that Cork have kind of got the better hand of Kilkenny at the minute. Well, there's, there's a lull in everything. And when you see the, the young people, the young girls of today, and the time and effort they put in, but not alone that, the majority of them are in colleges. They have to study, they have to travel, they have to hold down jobs. You know, so there was bound to be a lull uh, in it, and I can understand why. But I think it's it's coming the other way around uh, once again. It gives me great joy for to look down. I live quite near O'Loughlin's. I'm an O'Loughlin's woman. To see there of a Sunday morning the amount of young people out, and especially the young girls and the learning and they're advising and they're supporting and uh, it's gone from strength to strength and I have to say uh, with all Auckland's I was the first to start the camogie over there and uh, we got the team up and running and then Ursula Grace, now I'm not very good at the married name so I'll go with the, the maiden ones and uh, it was Rini Grace that came down to help and it went from strength to strength then after that well, we might come back to you because one of those players that's gone from strength to strength could be featuring in the All-Ireland Final on Lovely. Sunday. But, Cheesy Brennan, you're uh, with St. Paul's. You were telling us earlier that uh, St. Paul's were the first to bring an All-Ireland before the 74 All-Ireland when you won three clubs in a row from 1967 to 1969. They were, they were special, special times for the team. They were indeed, yeah. Um, they, were, they were very special times because Camogie had been, shall we say, disorganised in the county in the uh, 60s. As a matter of fact, uh, it was South Kilkenny based most of it. Uh, but it, they, they, it disbanded and they were seriously thinking of um, bringing uh, Kilkenny into, into Wexford. But it didn't happen. So in 62, in 62, I joined with Nuala Bulger and Jimmy Morris, he was one of the founders, and can't think of Mr. Casson's first name, Lily Tobin, Claire Hanrahan, name them. They were in it. So from 62 on, uh, to think that in 63 we had St. Paul's going, and Jimmy Morris, he had a thing about St. Paul, his son is called Paul, I saw Jimmy called the team St. Paul's, but they weren't all city dwellers, let me tell you. There was only a few of us. But we were very lucky that in 
we beat it. Well, Anne Carl beat us <laughs> with Glengool Ballingarry in one club all Ireland. But in, in 68, we were very lucky. Uh, we beat a hand. And um, three in a row after that. And uh, I was very lucky to be involved in the 74 team because I had given up Camogie. And we went out to play uh, Tipperary in Gordon. And all they had was 12 players. And my sister, Beatrice, Beatrice Tracy, um, was the chairperson of the board. I was there looking at the match when someone got injured. And she said, get your shoes on you quick and get in there. So I did. Wherever, I don't where I got them, but I got them anyway. And the next thing was, I was on, there were two sisters from, and I'll never forget their names, two grams from Tipperary. And every time I touched the ball, the referee had to give a free in. Mrs. Lynch of Monaghan, I'll always remember, was the referee. So we won that day, and as a result of it, uh, Beatrice brought us into Kieran's College, and she said, girls, where from now? And it went from strength to strength uh, from there. So, no, I loved my camogie. Uh, as I said, I had given it up, but I had to stay on with them. They wouldn't let me go. So I stayed on. Angela Downey, Anne Downey was the sub goalie, and I was next. And I don't know who else was there with me, but... We were there. We're, we're, we're grand. That's only an alarm going off. We'll so, keep going. Um, <laughs> you know, history... Uh, was made, and I was very proud to be the first captain of an All-Ireland winning team. And you'll be very proud, I think, on Sunday as well, because obviously you have uh, a couple of relations that's playing on Sunday. Yep, tell us about them. One is uh, Steffi, is my godchild, and the other is Tiffany, and they're two beautiful girls, I must say. I saw them going through colleges. They're the Fitzgerald sisters from Young Ireland's in Gordon. Young Ireland's in Gordon, yep. My sister married in Gordon, and Mary Paddy Tracy, and my sister died five years ago, and wouldn't she be so delighted to see the two girls now, you know? The other thing I want to say to you is, come out tonight, and I got a phone call from Monaghan. My dad was from Monaghan, big football from Monaghan. And uh, he was based in, in the army in Kenny and met my mother. And um, this girl around me is my cousin. She's my first cousin. I, I know very few of them up there. My sister was great for the connections, but she said to me, do you know, she said, um, there's a man up here, well, I don't know whether he's up there, but he's a welfare officer with KCBI, Kenny, National Council for the Blind of Ireland. Now, this girl, cousin of mine, is partially sighted. And she said, Dennis Nolan is his name, and he was involved in training in Kenny, and he trained Steffi. Never heard of him. And I didn't. Now, when I'm being honest about it, it was on to my brother-in-law, that, that doesn't surprise me, that I don't know people because I meet so many. But... He wanted to be mentioned here tonight and to say the best of luck to Kenny. My cousin um, Carmel and uh, Mac and Mac and Mary uh, also wanted to express their good wishes to Kenny. So he, he did, and if I'm not mistaken, he was actually the trainer with uh, All Ireland referee from last year, Liz Dempsey. The two of them was actually there at the same time training the girls. So yeah, I, I wouldn't have known that. Now I saw the girls, the two girls playing at Castle um, Rich is only up the up the road for me, but I would have seen the girls playing in colleges. I actually never had seen Tiffy play uh, in a, a senior intercounty. But they're two grand girls. She certainly has stepped up to the mark very well and slotted That's into the great. team I'm and has now. is playing very, very well, I have to say. Yeah. And I have to say, poor old Beatrice, our dresser, would be so, so proud of them now. 
She really would. Oh, she'd be so excited. But you know this, she was a brilliant woman, and she might be my sister, but she was a brilliant woman. We hadn't tuppence together in 74, and where she got the money out of, as a matter of fact, she stuck me and she said to me, I want your train fare to Dublin. <laughs> and anyone that was working, she took the train fare off of them. But she got money, and she got money. And I have to say, I don't know where she got it. I didn't have the same gift. There's people giving out that Kilkenny has to fundraise for the All-Ireland, for the Hurlers, for the Camogie, etc. But you're after saying it now, and it's fresh from the horse's mouth, if you please. I mean, you were still fundraising back in 74 for your first All-Ireland final. Well, we were always the poor relation, you know. I mean, we didn't. Like, we'd have church gate collections. Jesus, what you get in the bloody box? That's Camogie. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, wasn't that well known. Although there would have been famous people that played Camogie and Kilkenny in the early years. Uh, I only know them by name. Uh, they would have been over the other side of town, Mary's side of town, whereas I was the city dweller. Now, in my area where I lived in Parliament Street was famous for handball. And there was about half a dozen houses in the one street. And they all had handball All-Irelands. The Delaney's, the Dalton's, the Doherty's, my own family was with feelings. Um, I had an uncle who had won the first, two first, I suppose, doubles and singles uh, colleges all Ireland with CBS in Kilkenny. So it would have been um, a handball area, and the handball alley was right behind where um, the theatre is now. Very, very popular. Again, we're after having a lot of success at yeah. handballs. Mary, you just mentioned a man's name there a short time ago. He's no longer with us. But tell us, what kind of a trainer was Shem Downey? Gosh, he was tough. Uh, and he was upfront and honest. He'd let you know fairly quick if you weren't up to scratch. Um, he would make us play a lot of forwards and backs, if I can remember right. And then we had... Um, He'd be beating the ball in and he'd say, leave the backs in there around now. Well, you'd get such a shock up the hurl after the, the belt of a ball, you know, and he'd say, there you are, you'll hold it right the next time. You know, and you would hold it right. Uh, he was a very honest, upfront man. I would say, directed by his wife, the good woman. There's always a good woman behind a man. And... Uh, she was fairly good, wasn't she, Daisy? Oh, she'd let you have it. Bridget never looked at a match. Bridget was down under the stand praying. Yeah, that's right. And she, she might see you at the corner and say, Daisy, hey, come here. Well, where's it going? Or they're doing all right. Oh, I better keep praying so. She prayed. She never knew... Um, she never saw them playing. I don't, I, you see, a lot of the parents really only got involved, I think, when it came to county level. Prior to that, uh, you would have been told, get yourself a job there, you know, and, and, and give over that old hurl and you're limping and hopping around the place. And I remember we used to be training one time up in what, what is now all Auckland's club, and all it was was a field Park. with a half wall. And um, there were no such thing as dressing rooms then, out at the sides of the car. And so other cars would be passing and they'd be belting on the horns and we'd be half naked on the sides of the road. <laughs> and, um, you know, it was the same if you went out onto a country field. And if you were playing a country team, 
the field seemed to get smaller because the crowd was coming in. Uh, you know, and, it, and there was no such thing as a rope or a, not even a dressing room. And if you needed to, 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 to use the bathroom, you could forget it. You may go find the high grass. But um, that's the way it was back then. And it, it's wonderful to see now the, the facilities that they have. I mean, they have, they have showers, I believe, have you, after training? Yeah. Oh, the Lord save us. We were lucky. A rain shower is all we got. So was it? It was John's Park, as it was known then, but it had a shed down in it. And we, we were supposed to strip off in it. We came back in a half the times our clothes were gone. <laughs> I remember I had no uh, trousers going home one night. I had somebody give me a loan of a coat calling me to go home. And we, at that stage, we walked every place, you know. Um, in fairness, um, and Carol's father, when they moved to Dunmore outside, he cut off part of his back, plus Mr. Coffey's back, to create a, a pitch for us. And we walked out I there walked out. four or five nights a week yep. and walked back in again. And we were there on time, which they were quite strict about. It was being there on time. And uh, that's just the way it was. The dedication was there. Uh, we, we all wanted to su succeed. Uh, St. Paul's was a very, very successful camogie club. And if the truth be told, it was the St. Paul's team went out that day for to play the first camogie All-Ireland. Yeah. Uh, I think Peggy Carey was the only girl from Young yeah. Ireland. And the rest were Paul's. Mary Kennedy then. at that time. It was a sob, yeah. But I mean, now when I, I, I look around, I, I hadn't ever been out here before, but I'm looking out there at the facilities that are here now for the, the young people. I see the amount of adults uh, that are involved in it. And I'm just amazed at the time and the dedication that's given to promote Camogie in Kilkenny. It needs to be promoted. It was always the poor relation. And I would be hoping that on Sunday that the stands would be full of, of people from Kilkenny and supporting them. Now, can't say I'll be there because two things could happen. Security could put me out, one. <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> and yeah, I'd end up in the matter hospital with a heart attack <laughs> because I would be playing every bit of that field. So what I'll do now is I'll turn on the telly and I'll turn on the radio and I'll be running between the kitchen. So I'll get my fitness levels up. And then hopefully there's no neighbours around because I can be quite vocal. I don't think that would do anyone any harm now in fairness, Mary. Well, my neighbours wouldn't mind me anyway because they're used to me. <laughs> you talked earlier on about the great O'Loughlin's and you were one of the founding members of it. You have a great playing. She was playing against Galway, scored a great goal the last day in Laura Murphy. You must be so proud as a club to have Laura there and all the grades that have gone before Laura that's there and of course to have Brian Dowell and one of your own managing the team as well. Well, I think the manager is doing a fantastic job and uh, by Laura being there, it's a great boost to the next generation coming up of young people that are attending all Auckland's or the same can be said for the borough or the same can be said for the village. Uh, I think having a player on the county team gives young people to, uh, 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 to aspire to. 
and, and they do. And please, God, they will win on Sunday. I have nothing to do with the will, but anyway. I'd better correct myself as well, because Danielle Quigley is there as well on the panel. So, yeah, you have two good O'Loughlin's players there. Well, look, isn't that, I, I, I'm, I'm absolutely proud. I am proud of uh, both of them, and I wish them the very, very best to look. But I'm a little bit proud of myself now, too, because I started O'Loughlin, so... Girl, Mary. Fair so, play to somehow or another, though, I can't see security throwing you out if you were to get to Crow Park on Sunday, Mary. You don't know me. <laughs> you don't know how het up I can get. And it's like as if I lose sight in my eyes and I just roar, shout. My own children would not, well, they're not children anymore, would not come to a match with me. Uh, uh, and the other bit of history is uh, we won in 74, that 74 on our lunch measure. Her beloved husband in our pub. <laughs> now addressed you for my sins. <laughs> yes, a Wexford man. Uh, the only fault he had, Lord, he couldn't dance for the devil. He, I love dancing. I love country and western. He couldn't put one foot after another. He'd get you out to dance if you were at a function, a slow one, and he'd say, "There you are now." And you'd end up dancing with your friends or their husbands or some fella that had been there be a really good dancer. And yeah, he'd get you out. And then, of course, at the end of the night, I'd say, God, I'm exhausted. I wouldn't want there on the floor all night. <laughs> but that was the answer. Sure, I kept your feet as well, Mary. I sure kept my feet all right. But sure, I loved I still dance around the kitchen at home now when Martin Morris is on, that, on the radio there with the country and western. He's, he's brilliant. And uh, I, I do enjoy his programme. And uh, Bear Scotch, or I love, I love him. But I also like Liam Langrell. He is. He's my Friday. I sleep with Liam Langrell every Friday. <laughs> you didn't tell me that once, you well, didn't. Well, I can tell you one thing. There's a lot uh, of people slept with Johnny Barry, God rest him now as well, uh, every weekend as well. So there's a pair of them in there. There was indeed, yeah, yeah. No, what I do, I get into the recliner, 2 o'clock, Friday evening... Turn off the doorbell, turn off the phone, turn off the lights, stretch out and listen. And he's amazing as well. That's your guilty pleasure. Uh, can I compliment um, on you there? Uh, the coverage of the camogie is brilliant. Uh, you have great information wherever you're getting it from. But anyway. <laughs> you, you should have seen the tube here earlier on. They were on the phones well, over there. Just to say that it's excellent. And it's great for anybody who has played camogie and who can no longer go to hear matches being broadcast. It's absolutely brilliant. I know I worked with the elderly for years um, and when I was travelling around with people used to say, oh, we never hear anything now about matches or anything. Now they're saying to me, oh, God, it's brilliant. So it's great. That's progress. Yeah, this is great. I must say it is. And we're very lucky that Casey Laura have had backing for the last two or three years now. And, you know, we were starting to promote Camogie more. And, and that's, I suppose, what we wanted. But just listening to your stories, like you're an absolute ticket. You could become like a comedy duo, the two of you. But do you know what? It's lovely to listen back to all these stories. And, you know, yourself with the two girls, with Steffi and Tiffy involved this weekend. It's a massive day for your family as well. And, you know, it's going to be a, a great day, hopefully, for everybody come five o'clock on Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully, it will be. Yes. You know, and, uh, we'll all be at mass that morning anyway. 
That, that's the important bit as well, Mary. Do you know something? I feel we should have the two of these in studio some night at a podcast because uh, I think with the crack that we would have and the stories that we would be told uh, would be great. With demons. <laughs> well, we're past the watershed on that can one, Mary. I so this too. You were talking about Shem there. Uh, Shem used to bring in um, flasks, flasks of soup to us. We had nothing, you know. We'd be coming straight from work, and Shem would be in from Valley Ragged. You know, he had a butcher's stall and the whole lot. But he made the soup and brought in only beautiful soup. Before we finish up, I have to tell you this story because it'll stay with me for the rest of my life. <laughs> I was only a youngster out there training, Mrs. Feeling with their Dick Nass and Bill Carroll. And there was one particular girl who had very bad eyesight, she got helpers. She was in the forward line, and of course, I was in the back line. Anyway, where we were training, Jesus, there was more crows around the place. <laughs> anyway, between the hushing and the pushing, I, sh- I shoved her and knocked her glasses off. And just right down in front of the goal, and I was saying, oh, geez, I'm sorry, I'll get your glasses. I have it, I have it, she go, I have it. Well, this crow hit the back of the net. <laughs> And everybody and stood truth, back and thought, And I mean Jesus. it. It was the truth. Uh, you'd be shouting at her. Joan was her name. When she'd see the ball, it was great. But she'd be uh, shouting at her, Joan, the, it's there, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have bang, it, bang, 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 bang. She was waiting, watching, oh. waiting for this crow. Well, oh, he no, got to heaven fairly quick. things that happened, you know. Oh my God, what can you say to that? I tell you one thing, it's been a, an absolute howl with the two of you here, reminiscing going back, but uh, I suppose you're the, the ones that started off the whole of all this All-Ireland, you know, 14 yep. titles, you started the very first one back in 1974, and please God, Mary and Cheesy will have number 15 coming back to the county on Sunday. Please, please God, God, we will. And good luck to the girls. It won't be our fault if, it won't, if the Jones... <laughs> They won't be sending security anyway after you, Mary. Mary Fitzpatrick, former mayor and All-Ireland winner back in 1974, and the great T.Z. Brennan as well, joining us here in Dixborough GAA Club and Camogie Club. Now, all the one model. I see the boys looking over at me. I better get the name right here now or I'll be shot altogether. But hello to everybody in Monaghan. <laughs> Good woman, T.Z., you got that in. Right, Ken, I think we're going to go for a short ad break and we will be back very shortly with another guest. Thank you very much and welcome back here into Parmastown, home of Dixborough GAA and Camogie Club and this year's Captain E for Prendergast for this very special two-hour Camogie preview show of the All-Ireland Final for 2022. We have another special guest in with us right now. Uh, he's with Anya. We are delighted to be joined by Liam Dunn, former chairman of Kikenny Camogie Board. And of course, Liam is the last man to win an under-16 title with Kikenny all back in 2008. I think it was four in a row. Would that be right, Liam? Uh, that's right, Martin. We've done the four in a row back, back in the day. Um, I was sitting here beside Anya. I was both suffering from this and with her. Anya was one of my first players at county level I would have trained. Yeah, under 14. God, that seems like a long, long time ago now when we think about it. Beyond and Kieran's college running up and down that hill. I won't mention it 20 years ago. No, no, stop now, stop now. <laughs> but it must be great to see, like, you know, a lot of those girls on that under 16 team have developed, have gone on, and are playing a huge pivotal part this weekend as well. 
They are, but actually most of them begin to retire. I mean, obviously, I'll be keeping an eye on the ones who are trained. There's only four left. Mm. Where would it be? What, um, Stavina has gone. Okay, um, who is left there at the moment? Is my mind is on totally blank now? Mary uh, O'Connell, would you have no, had Mary? No, I wouldn't have had Mary. Denise Gold, yeah. um, Grace Welch, yeah. Katie Power, and there's a fourth person. Oh, Claire Field. Claire Field. Claire Field is about. So, like, over the years, uh, uh, there yeah. was a lot of them. But now, do we get into to retire or? But they have, but like a lot of those girls that would have been on that under 16 squad, they have come through the ranks over the last number of years and they have played massive parts for Kilkenny Camogie at, you know, minor, intermediate and obviously senior level over the last decade. Oh, really, God, yes. There's a huge, yeah. there's a huge batch of them that came through. Luckily enough, again, one team doesn't make, doesn't make up a senior team and a minor team, but the fact that it was four, there was a kind of a squad of four teams yeah. that over that, it, there was a great number of fantastic players came through. Yeah. That uh, some obviously retired now, but you, you you could go on all night about how many is in it. There, yeah. was, that, there was that many that, that came through from that era, and which I was sp- great. I suppose, Liam, for yourself, like you were so heavily involved. You know, you were chairperson of the county board. You trained the under-14, under-16 squads. Have you seen a completely different evolution of Camogie over oh, the last to- couple of years? Totally, totally. Um, when I got involved in, I got in, uh, in, uh, with the county board in 2000 as treasurer, and I think there was a, a one day on a Sunday morning, there was only about eight senior players turned up for training. And which was very, obviously very disappointing back in the time. When you look at the professionalism from the management right down to every player there, that's the commitment is given today yeah. in comparison. It's absolutely fantastic to see that commitment from all levels. Yeah, it's great. Like it really, but the game of Camogie itself as well has really improved over the years. Like it's tougher. Like there's a lot more ruthlessness, and you know you have to have a bit of nerves of steel really going into games now. Yeah, yes, you do. Um, so again, for a long time, Camogie was a non-contact sport. Mm. And I just, I've often tell the story back in, the, back in the day. One of the ways we used to do was to, uh, speed the girls up. We used to get the girls to play boys teams. Yeah. And, uh, we played, <laughs> we were, well, I was allowed to do that. <laughs> but, uh, I remember going to, actually, it was a Connie uh, J.A. Club. I went to the mentors from the boys team and said, now, you know, these are girls. I want no rough stuff. I want, you know, keep it, keep it fair and no, no hurting them, like. Within two, within two minutes, Katie Powers is still there, and Marie Dargan, the two of them, totally sandwiched a poor young lad, a phantom. And the two mentors then looks over at me. I thought you said no rough stuff. But again, it wasn't allowed in Camogie for a long time. That, I'm not saying rough, but the, the contact sport, and that has uh, drastically helped us. Mm. Go back even five years, five years ago, there was one other in final that we had 13 frees in 13 yeah. minutes. Yeah. That, it was killing the game. And so, yeah, yeah, that has, has been a huge improvement. The 15 aside, too, bear in mind, 20 years ago, we're, or 22 years ago, we were at 12 aside, which was a totally different game. 15 aside, I think, has brought Camogie on leaps and bounds over the last 20 years. Do you think it helped the girls back then? Because I was in the middle of most of them matches, and I can tell you one thing. The girls weren't afraid of the boys. The boys might have been afraid of the girls, but the girls were so skillful and that they were actually beating them up a tree as well didn't help anything. Yes, um, I was one or two closer wasn't forgiven in because the boys got such a beating off the girls that that wasn't allowed. But uh, no, the girls were very, very competitive. You can see that over the last 20 years, the the competitiveness of all the players, they're fighting for places. Uh, consistently fighting for places. As I said, 20 years ago, 22 years ago, eight players turned up for a train session on a Sunday morning. Yeah, not getting that on a Sunday morning now. 
But every player wants to win. Every player, like, uh, they, they have a, a, a desire that, that matches any man's desire out there to, to go out and win. There's no, no thing that easy. They're going out and they're training this hard. They're putting the same commitment into it. And hopefully they'll get, again, they'll get a reward on Sunday. Yeah, Sunday, I suppose, you know, it's going to be a massive day for all of these girls. And, you know, back in an all Ireland final, they weren't there last year. And I suppose, what is it, nine in the last ten years that Kilkenny have been competing in all Ireland finals. I suppose, in contrast to the girls this year, what do you think that makes this group so special? It's hard to know. Um, again, I think, well, yeah, the management team are in their second year. They probably took them a bit on their own there last year. Might have taken them that little bit of time to get themselves more under, get themselves in with the team. And um, I think they, they well, I won't call them new backs, but the backs that have replaced Davina and Clet Armour and that, they have seriously stood up to the call. Like the other in semi final was a fantastic display from from such a I was going to say a young group because I, I I wouldn't know them as much as I know the other girls but their again their, their commitment is equal like as like I used to mention Clet Armour back in the day like Clet Armour wouldn't let nobody and I mean nobody um, push her out of the way there was, a, there was a famous handshake going back a couple of years ago <laughs> that was, yeah that's our class <laughs> but. Um, but these girls have have now stepped up equally and as and replaced them. I won't say seamlessly, but their they've their desire and their constant um, want to win, which came out against Galloway. And I think, like for Kilkenny this year, I think what I've noticed most about them is their maturity levels and the way they're more they're mentally able to prepare a lot better. I feel this year for their games, and you know they've really stepped their attitude up a lot as well. I think going forward into the big games, anyway. Um, probably are, yeah. I I wouldn't be that close to the team to know what way, mm. what way they are, but watching them from you know from from the sideline or from the the, the stands, um, you would see a, 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 a kind of. Um, and the determination in them, uh, in that team. Again, if you have a few other players there too. They're looking possibly retired next two or three years. They won't get all their under the belt. And as I said, you have the, the, the nurturing. I know we haven't been that, that successful in the 10 years that we should have won a lot more, I think. Yeah. Unfortunately, we didn't. But the younger players are coming through and seeing that. Yeah. And they've learned. Whereas you go back, say, to 2010, 2012. The girls at that time mightn't have had the same senior players come on. Yeah. Whereas now you have the experience of, as I said, likes of um, Katie Power, Claire Field, and Grace Welch, uh, Denise, Denise there. The experience that they have and the younger ones are getting that, feeding off that experience, which is, again, fantastic to see. The time that you were there, Liam, obviously back in the, the early noughties, it has been the same as always been there. You were chairman of the county board for a long time. I've been told you wrote in Lillian into the county board for uh, to get her started in it all them years ago. I don't know whether we should be thanking you or giving out to you for doing that. But, um, yeah, look, back then you had the, the problems as a lot of the county boards are still facing at the minute as well, and that is fundraising. Um, and you had to do it back then, and it's still the very same now. There's not much difference between that. It takes an awful lot of money to get a team to an all Ireland final. It's probably now taking a lot more because, again, the professionals are set up. They're, you're, they're, like back, in, back 20 years ago, we were looking to feed, to feed them on all Ireland final there, let alone on training, training nights or match, match nights. But, um, it, it is a serious problem and a serious issue that we have. And in Camogie, um, I think, it was, as was it Tessie said, like, you know, we're the poor relation. But we, again, 
in saying that, if you look at over the last, say, 20 years, when I was there, we had one sponsor, probably one sponsor in JJ Cavanaugh's at the time, and now looking at, you've you, just a sponsor nearly coming in, they're coming in, they want to be with Camogie now, which is fantastic. And that's a legacy from those players, the commitment they're given. I know, okay, we might have got where we wanted to get back home the cup each time, but it's shown the county that what we can do and what women can do in a game of sport. It's a step closer. It's the same with yes. the, the media coverage. That You know, there's a lot more now on the radio. The papers are starting to print a small little bit more. You have, obviously, the television is now showing an awful yeah. lot more games as well. And that can only be beneficial to try and attract the major sponsors that's there with the likes of the GAA at the minute and try and get a bit more money in for the sport. Well, that's, it is obvious. That's, it, 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 people want success and they will pay to, to go with success. Um, you go, you're going to a, sp- a sponsor and you're looking for sponsorship and they want to return, they want something in return for, for that sponsorship. And again, like the, the players are given that, uh, now that, and again, the whole county board is not just the players, it's, it's a county board who has to put it all in together. You have your, your management team and their backroom team. All that has to come together and, and, and put the work into it. And it's fantastic. It, as I said, like we're, we'll all play, praise the players on Sunday. Hopefully we'll win on Sunday. But it's the background, people in the background, like yourselves, who are working day and night. People don't realise there is a lot of work goes on in getting teams, and not just a senior county team, because you have the, you have the intermediates, you have the under 18s, 16s, I think it's 15s now. At academies. At the under 13 level. At the under 13 yeah. level. So it's a huge commitment, and I, I, know, I know that, um, both yourself, Martin and Lillian are going, must be going 10, 12 years at this stage, which is some commitment. Uh, unfortunately, I wasn't able to keep that commitment up. I, I got burnt out, but it, it is <laughs> a huge commitment. But again, without, without people like yourselves behind the scenes, um, Kamori wouldn't be where it is today either. To be fair, Liam, we did a lot of work when it was, you know, when it was harder to get sponsors and harder to get even venues to hold fundraising events. And we had some fairly successful fundraising events down the years. We did, we did yeah, we had some, <laughs> some mad ones as well. <laughs> But um, again, I said like there, there is. We learned loads. <laughs> um, that's that's, that's, God, I, I, that, I that's want, bringing we, you back we, now. We won't. Yeah, that's bringing back thoughts there now. But um, no, again, as you said, it, it was a lot harder back at the time. Like I, I'm just even looking at like the the club championships. You have so many sponsors for the club championships. You have your sponsors not like uh, you have sponsors for every age group nearly at this stage. Yeah. There's people coming in there. It's absolutely fantastic to see. Even to the see. individual players this year, the sponsors coming in for them. Like We didn't have to go look for them to such like this. The people actually want to sponsor the players. And why not? Aren't they doing us proud? Yeah. Every year they've been doing us proud. Like you know, they're constantly there. They're constantly competing at the top of their game, and you know they're really good role models for all the younger players. And they give up their free time as well to all these girls. You know, to you know, be it having a chat with them, signing hurls, signing jerseys. They're always willing to take training sessions, which is something really good and something that Camogie definitely needs as well. It certainly does. Obviously, the big match is Sunday. We are playing Cork again. You know what it's like. We beat Cork in a, a couple of under-16 All-Ireland finals as well. Give us your prediction for the weekend. Can I break the weapon three times? <laughs> you got great pleasure now in saying that, didn't you? <laughs> and I can tell you we took great pleasure beating him three times as well. That's what I'm saying. I took great pleasure three, three times. I was the most hated person in Cork back then. But... Um, 
No, I remember actually, uh, actually uh, Stephen Darmer will kill me for this probably, but um, we were 10 points up at half time and uh, he said, said to the team, like, you know, we keep it calm now, we keep it steady, you know, we, we have it won. <laughs> I then came in and helped off him in front of the girls. No, we don't. We have to go and get at least three goals. I want three goals. I'm, whichever three forwards don't score three goals, you're coming off. <laughs> we got three points, which kind of killed the Cork attack in the second half. But um, yeah, it was always great. Like Cork are a fantastic county, and to be you're beating the best. You know, no disrespect to anyone else, but like Cork is the to me is the is the the leader in in Camogie. When you beat them, you know you know you're, you're you know you're on top. And hopefully on Sunday, I, I just, cause the way I am, I just expect us to be Cork. <laughs> well, that's a but, good sign. Tell me, do you miss managing uh, teams? I uh, yes, and no. Yes, it was great fun, absolutely brilliant fun, and times. But a commitment does take. Does take. Um, I remember again, um, uh, somebody took over a management of a team, and he came back. To, he was with me one time. And he came back to me uh, after, and he said, I thought you'd done nothing as manager. <laughs> now, we were giant managers. The two of us at the time, uh, before that, were giant managers. He said, I thought you'd done nothing. And uh, so when he took over management, he realised the full t- full time on a team, the amount of work that goes in behind the scenes. So, yeah, it, it's great. It's it's great to see the, the players playing. You're, you're doing stuff. You're... You're coming up with, like, I can't say what some of the plans are on the, in the back seat of a car. Can't give away your secrets now. But, um, that's saying, saying what we're, the plan we're going to have. But, um, you know, you come up with tactics, you come up with plans to, to do it. And, again, great fun on the sidelines. Great fun with, with the players. Like, okay, there's always a serious element to it. But we had it, we had our, our easy days as well, you know. Well, it certainly was. I mean, we have two former managers there now, Liam Dunn and Anya, both with a county team, so you know what it's like with the commitment. And it's actually getting tougher every year. I mean, you know what it was like all them years ago. Anya is in the current with the only a last number of years. I mean, the commitment shown that Brian Dowling and all the teams and every management position is there now at the minute. Like, it's nearly a full-time job, Liam. I would think so, yeah. It's a, uh, like again, we even look at Brian Cody now to retiring after 24 years. Like, it's the amount of work that does go into it. But there's also something I probably shouldn't say this, but actually I'd like to say it is it's fantastic to see on your back now as a manager that play, we need not a lot more of that as well. Players coming back, I mean, I know okay, we've had, we've had a, a, and for a long time back at senior at senior level, but we need as many players that are retiring. And to come back and, and help out. The younger well. players, yeah. as I'm saying, that, that come back and coach the younger ones. And that's what, again, passes on. Like, oh, you learned everything she knows off me. <laughs> obviously, <laughs> obviously, no doubting that. And, and now passing all that on. Not, not a lot to pass on. <laughs> oh, there's loads. Yeah, it is. Like, you're dead right. It is a full-time job. And, you know, I suppose part and parcel is you kind of have to have a thick neck knowing that people aren't always going to agree with every decision you make. And, you know, there's always going to be the, the hurlers on the ditch there. They're going to have their opinion. And, you know, yeah. And you know what? You can't take it hard and it can be difficult. But I suppose, you know, the aim is to always get whatever team you're over to get them to the top of their game and make sure that they're providing for them. And, you know, it's not just as easy as going out three nights so you can train them. It's the phone calls, the emails, you know, all the text messages you have to take and, you know, dealing with the players as well itself. It, it does take a toll on you. But, you know what, it's exciting. It's, it's a great thing to be doing, but it is tough work. It is tough work. And I often actually used to say it, um, there's only six inches between a clap, a clap in the back and a kick in the arse. Yeah. And I've always said that on all Ireland final night when you win, 
there's 15 fathers clap you in the back. Mm. There's other 15 fathers that want to stab you for because you, you didn't pick his daughter or you didn't pick his son. But you can only do what's yeah. best for the team. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like there's times I had fallen outs with people, with parents, but I wouldn't pick their child or whatever. You know, I, I wasn't being fair. I always picked what was going to be the best for, for the team yeah. overall. It's not you saying I've never had a friend who said, oh, I'll pick her because she's a friend or whatever. Everybody had to get there on merit. And again, I think that's what won it, a lot, of, lot for us, that the players actually had to do it. The, any player that got out there, they earned their spot. Favoritism, or you know, I mean, there was no favourites. As you say, you done it on mirrors, and that's all you can do. But you know yourself, there's a lot of people that don't understand things like that, and they know that they're Mary or. I'm going to lose Lillian here beside me because she is so I can use her name away but you know they don't often get to see that and think that their player is a lot better than what they are and it's quite difficult sometimes for them to realise that well actually maybe she's not as good as she is and that's why she's not playing It is and like I remember one girl actually um, God love her uh, she was brilliant and she would make any team. She asked, asked me, could I release her for a, a Sunday morning train, or match, with a match, would I release her? And she says, I know I'm not good enough. And I said, whoever told you that? She actually was a brilliant player, but at the time, the forwards we had, they used to be the dream team. We had a fantastic bunch of forwards. And she never made any other team except that team. And, and, and that was heartbreaking, is to leave off good players. And, and, but at the same time, I always went into a match knowing that if you didn't turn up today, I... I had a player on the sideline, and to me that was very important to have someone on your on the sideline to be able to come in. So no use having a sub sitting there, and they're not going to do anything for you. But um, so to me, it was yeah, it can be heartbreaking when a, a player deserves to be on as such, but to just none of places. And, and that's going to be so important this weekend with the seniors as well. You know, the subs are going to be there, and the subs that are on the bench. You know, they're just as good as the guys that are on the field. And, you know, I'm yeah. sure they've had a, a very tough two weeks of training. Yeah, and I'm sure they've been hurling, well, yeah. hurling, baiting lumps out of each other as well. Over, you know, last week especially, trying to get it at the, at the 1-15 starting jersey. Uh, but they are so important. They're so important oh, to every panel. Without the subs, you, you look at I, would, I, I suppose I, I would have coached when Brian Cody started. And I obviously would have watched an awful lot of what he'd done. Uh, followed what he'd done. I, but, like, having players biting at, at the base get on and you didn't like I remember actually turned around because I was disgusted actually with Cork on it one year they left their subs at home for the last training session before um, the match I remember turning around to the subs and I thanked our subs that I told them those girls are already as good as they are because of the subs and they were already as good as they are because those the 15 that we had started knew that they didn't bother they didn't, didn't turn up for training if they didn't make an effort in the match they knew well that I had a sub that will come in and take their place immediately. Yeah, exactly. And that, that is vital in a match. Well, a lot of insights there between our uh, two former managers. Liam Dunn, thank you very much for attending. Anya, thank you for that as always. Speaking of sponsors, tonight's broadcast and programme is sponsored by MLCS Cleaning Services, preferred supplier for all your facility-related cleaning requirements. See www.mlclmlcslimited, I should say, .ie. God, that's a mouthful in a half. Um, so thank you very much to all the boys there with uh, MLCS. Eddie Houlihan, chairman of Dixborough GAA Club here. Delighted to have you and delighted that you're hosting us here this evening. It's a proud weekend for yourselves to have 
Eva Prendergast, one of your own, Captain Kilkenny going out in Crow Park on All Ireland final day. Yes, indeed, uh, Martin, you're all always very welcome here. Um, wonderful day um, on Sunday for Eva and the three girls, and a very proud day for uh, Dixburg Camogie. I suppose the fact we were here two years ago, we didn't get to do it in 2021, but you did have the captain back then as well, Lucinda Gann, and it was a good omen for yourselves. It was the first time you had the captain uh, of a senior team, and you came home with the O'Duffy Cup. Can we make it two in a row on Sunday? Uh, hopefully. Uh, having seen them perform in the semi-final, you'd be very um, uh, optimistic about Sunday. Uh, I saw both matches and semi-finals, and I don't think uh, Kilkenny have too much to fear uh, with Cork. Um, Kilkenny played extremely well, very determined, very focused, and uh, played out to the bitter end, uh, which proved extremely successful. And um, maybe uh, we're on a, a, a winning streak with uh, the Kilkenny under-21 hurlers, uh, with a borough captain in charge as well, and they're nearly neighbours down there in the Sycamores, so maybe Aoife and Parig Mylan will uh, have two cups in the one, par- in the one uh, estate. Yeah, in fairness, and we're coming near the, the news and sport at 8 o'clock, so uh, just very briefly, I suppose the fact you have been putting a lot of work into all of your teams here, your facilities are expanding um, and getting better year by year. That's all due to yourselves and all the committee that's there behind you. You put a lot of work in behind the scenes. Uh, well, no more than any, any club um, in the county, there's a structure there. Uh, and uh, we get a lot of support from our uh, sponsors, Grassland, uh, PRL, um, UPMC. Um, so then we have various um, uh, working groups here within within the club uh, that look after the mentoring uh, and coaching. And um, it all works out quite well. It has, I suppose, the fact that the Camogie girls too are doing so well, um, getting the senior uh, championship back last year as well, played very, very well in the final, were unlucky in the run that they had, got to the Leinster final as well, just to be pipped at the post by Ewellert the Ballock. So uh, you're expecting, I suppose, maybe not expecting is a good war, but you're anticipating a good year again for the women. Uh, yes, indeed. And, and success breeds success, really. And... and uh, it's, it's like a, a, any of the teams, uh, when the younger people see them winning, it, it, it brings them, uh, uh, encourages them uh, along. And we'd be very hopeful there's a lot of work going into the training and it's all very well structured. And even as late as tonight, they're, they're not here in Palmerston, but they are training tonight. So uh, the, the work continues and hopefully we look forward to a very good season with them. It does. Well, you were looking for Catherine earlier. Well, I can tell you that Catherine is actually out with the senior team training him at the minute and she will be back with us later on as well. Plenty more to come here from Dixburg GAA and Camogie Club here in Palmerstown for this special edition of Come On Kind, the preview show for the All-Ireland final. And we're going to take the news in sport now at 8 o'clock and we will be back immediately afterwards. So join us then. Live from Dixborough GAA, the Come On Kind All-Ireland Preview Show on KCLOR. With thanks to MLCS Cleaning Services, preferred supplier for all your facility-related cleaning requirements. See mlcsltd.ie. Good evening, everybody, and welcome back once again to the Dixborough GA and Camogie Clubs here in Palmerstown. This evening, brought to you in association with ML, MLCS Cleaning Services, preferred supplier for all your facility-related cleaning requirements. See www.mlcslimited.ie. We got there eventually. Uh, and thank you very much to all the gang there in uh, MLCS Cleaning Services. 
I am delighted that we are going to be joined now by three very special guests. First up, we have Teresa Dillon, of course, married to the great Pa Dillon, who was played with the Hurlers for many, many a year. And in that famous, was it the 57 game, was I right, with Tipperary? That, that everyone, or Teresa, am I right? That the, the brawl was in it. 67, so I'm 10 years early, 67. Uh, her daughter, Gillian Dillon, is delighted to be joining us as well. And along with Bridie McGarry, so three synonymous names with Camogie uh, related. But Teresa, I'm going to start with you first of all. And a little birdie told me that while you were chairperson of the county board, while never had playing with your club, you actually came on to play with the junior team and won a league game against Clare. Now, how is that possible? Well, I'll tell you, it was really um, a matter of some of the southern girls didn't turn up, and we only had 11 players going to the match that were actually on the team. So um, a few stepped in, and there was still only 14. So I said, well... I'll stand in and stay in the corner, and um, but don't hit the ball to me. I kept telling the girls, I'll be calling for the ball, but don't hit it to me. <laughs> so I played the first half, and then we decided that uh, I was doing so well that I'd play the second half. <laughs> I'd like to qualify now the statement. I happened just by chance to be playing that day. And I have to say, I never saw as an energetic corner forward that didn't want the ball in my life. I mean, she was shouting for the ball. And the poor Claire girls, I can still see him looking. Like, she shouted, why aren't they passing the ball to her? And Teresa made some decent runs that day and moved around a bit. And they were looking, why? And Teresa told whatever you do, don't pass me the ball. I'll be shouting like Barford, but I don't want it. But I suppose... That shows, for me, I'd be thinking of Teresa, how, what she, your role in Camogie down through the years. It's synonymous in our own club in Freshford in St. Lactons and also at county level. So I think that's what she called going above and beyond the call of duty. And I think in those days, Crow Park were inclined to fine a lot of us if we didn't feel, if I'm right, if I can remember back. That's right. And, um, but we had one of the best days... I can remember in a Kilkenny jersey because the laugh and crack that we had. That's right, and Brendan uh, went in and bought a camera so that he could have a son on the a photograph of the so which is nice. We all have. I it. think we all have. The, every, every single person that played that day has the photograph at home. Um, we'll, we won't mention there was another dubious person that was playing in the other corner, very dodgy as well. Uh, was registered and everything like that, but wouldn't have any. Would never have played a game yeah. until that day. Yeah, that was come on now, you, you, you're allowed to. Uh, you're allowed to do it because you could play age that time. So come on. It wasn't, it wasn't even age. It was Sheila Dowling. Yes. Play corner forwards, and Sheila would have been involved in administrative roles and as a selector, but would never have taken to the field to play. And we had a 14-year-old on as well <laughs> to make it up. <laughs> and that was more, definitely why you were starting as well, Paul. No, I, I, actually, no, I was 13. I, was, I, I looked shoulder to us. That was going back. Um, Come here now, you told us earlier that she was four, uh, 13. So well, well, she was 13 going on 14. She was under 14. We'll go there. She was under 14. But that, that's, that's what you did in those days. That's the way it was. And I suppose, thank God we didn't have smartphones. We didn't have any social media, otherwise we'd be probably in the front of the Independent or the Cork Examiner. <laughs> and I also had all the girls giving out to me to make sure that I had my jersey inside my skirt, 
because I always gave out to them for not putting it in, at least when they were going out on the field. <laughs> and then my daughter said, you mean to say you hurled without having shin guards on, boots on, or a helmet? <laughs> I said, yes. <laughs> but I was only there. <laughs> Well, fair play to you, Teresa, because if anyone knows you, if anything needs to be done, including even going out and playing a game that you've never done before, you'll certainly do it. Uh, Gillian, of course, Gillian Dillon Marr, uh, you know, we better give you the, the proper title now as well, uh, former county star with Kilkenny as well. I suppose it's fair to say you took after your dad in a small little bit. You were very tough, but you were fair, uh, a bit like himself. Yeah, I don't know. Would everybody agree with you there now? <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, I suppose the biggest thing that I used to hate at training was anyone getting the ball off me. <laughs> so, at all costs, don't let the ball pass you anyway. Don't let the player get it. So that was my job. <laughs> I suppose you played with Kilkenny for many, many a year. You had to enjoy it for to come back year after year, putting in all the commitment. And your son James is now with the senior hurlers as well. So I suppose you can understand the commitments that they are putting in as well as a senior hurler that he is, and the same commitment that you were putting in all them years ago as well. Yeah, oh, it's an absolute massive commitment. Um, these girls, they're, they're phenomenal really because you nearly have to put your life on hold now to play at that level. When we were playing, it was, you know, we, we were very, very dedicated, but it didn't take over your life like it does now, um, I feel. You know, socially, um, Friday would say the same, you know, okay, there was no drinking involved and stuff, but there was probably still girls going out and stuff. I mean, there's none of that now. I mean, you can't afford to do it. There's just that, you know, you're going to be dropped, uh, and that'll be the end of it, you know. But um, it is a massive commitment. But it's not something you would do unless you absolutely loved it. It's not possible because it's too time-consuming, uh, you know. Being a mammy that was there before and knowing what it's like, what kind of a mammy are you when you see him going out onto the field? Do you get nervous? Do you get excited? Or just so proud to see him wearing the black and amber as well? Yeah, um, I didn't think I'd be nervous because as a player myself, I was never nervous. But... Um, it's very hard to watch him. And you're just afraid that he might miss a ball or, you know, let in a goal or let the team down, you know. But I wouldn't really... Now, James might have a different version of this now, but I wouldn't really be shouting at him <laughs> too much. <laughs> but, um, yeah, well, maybe when he comes home now, he might hear a bit too much of it. I, I suppose that's the disadvantage of maybe knowing a little bit about the game. You know, your kids have to listen to it then. If they don't have a good game when they come in the door, you can... Yeah, have some say on it. Whereas if you never played it, you can't really say anything, you know, because you have no, you have no foresight. But yeah, it's uh, it's nerve wracking to watch them, you know. It is nerve, and it's it's very difficult to watch when such an effort, or if they get an injury, so difficult to come back from an injury now because it's so condensed with the hurling, the the, the time scale, you know, match after match after match. So it, it's really hard. And he's been unfortunate as well with injuries. Uh in, you know, recently as well, and even last year as well, we all know that he had the, the freak accident uh, outside as well. Uh, but thank God everything went well for him. 
towards the latter end of the year uh, and it must have been great to see the team getting to the All-Ireland final this year. Yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. It brings a great buzz to the, to the county, just like the Camogie year now. I mean, everybody's talking about it, you know, down the pitches. You know, it's absolutely brilliant, the buzz the, the Hurling and the Camogie brings along. I mean, people don't understand when you're involved in this sport, it's just, it means everything, you know, and we're willing, you know, really willing the girls to play as, as well as they did against Galway. They were phenomenal in the semi-final. Now, if they do that, I'd imagine, or sorry, yeah, against Galway, if they do that against Cork, I have no doubt that they're going to win. Teresa, do you bless James Hurls with holy water like you did for so many years when we were all running out of the dressing room, throwing holy water at us? time yes <laughs> but uh, as I said with the girls they always uh, were blessed on the pitch between that and the salt tablets and <laughs> salt tablets, <yeah>. pins and <laughs> you name it clips everything that uh, goes <laughs> and I suppose I'd just be thinking from my age Jillian is a little bit older than me just to point that out but we're in the same age group you know but what have been in my formative years would have been the seven up team as I call it and I suppose that team, I can still remember going to the courthouse as a very young girl with my mother, Lord Mercyon, and looking up and seeing these stars. And that was Bridie, um, Liz Neary there, Biddy O'Sullivan, Claire Jones. I could keep going. And I just remember they were just so formative for me when I started playing Camogie. So I suppose I could ask a really nasty question of Bridie Mary, who's here. Out of those seven All-Irelands, which was the most memorable for you? Uh, thank you very much for inviting me here tonight. Um, I suppose um, now when you say seven in a row, I didn't get seven in a row because I missed one of them due to the birth of my son. You did really though. In our hearts <laughs> yeah. you did. That's the but I did arrive in Croke Park after being discharged from hospital at 11 o'clock in the morning and we were in the All-Ireland and I arrived in Croke Park at three o'clock, ex minus baby. <laughs> So he still tells me to this day, ma'am, you abandoned me. <laughs> anyway, um, the seven in a row were great. Um, um, I suppose um, my memorable one would have, my memorable All-Ireland would have been 1981. Um, we drew with Cork and I was only actually coming back from injury. I broke a bone in my hand and I was out for six weeks and I came back and I played in the replay, but I didn't get back my customary centre-back position. So, uh, but uh, they switched it around at half time anyway, and we we drew the game, and uh, we um, went and run, won the replay, and it was I got I actually I got player of the match for the replay, so that was my memorable memorable. But again, I think in 1991, um, another memorable one was uh, I um, scored a sideline cut to. Uh, draw an All Ireland semi final against and Cork. You didn't, you didn't get two points for it in those days. No, no. We uh, uh, and I was putting it into those small goalposts. You know, we were playing the twelve aside because fifteen aside was only introduced practically when I was actually bowing out in the early nineties. You were smart. You cut before the pitch yeah, got bigger. I know, but you're right. I, you're right. I would dearly love to be playing the fifteen aside because. Uh, I'd love to have our seven All-Ireland winning team on a 15-a-side um, pitch. 
But you had such a strong panel at that stage mm. and there were so many players, you could see easily how you could have slotted in the yeah. extra three yeah. players. Oh, absolutely. And that would probably made that team we'd stronger. Have loved, we'd have loved, but there again, I suppose the other counties would have, would have been the same, you know. So, yeah, no, uh, no, I, we'll all yeah. see like yeah. Kenny, we're going to yeah. we'll see what the, that one The shorter pitch and the smaller pitch, the tighter pitch was definitely confined. You know, but you're with 12 inside, it's worked out. And know. how do you think it would want to go on Sunday, Friday? I honestly think if they play as well as they played against Galway, that was a terrific performance. I think they have, they'll be well up there. Cork definitely have to step up a notch, I think. I don't think they performed in the first half. They realised in the second half they were in a match. And they did step up a, nat- a notch. But um, there again, I think if Kilkenny perform as good as they did against Galway, we'll be there with a good shout. And I wish them all the very best of luck. It should be very interesting. I suppose um, one that I've sort of watched from the match is the tactics. Because with Davy involved with Cork... And he's slotting in there and he likes his little sweeper and all the rest of it. So I'm just wondering, what would any of you think with the guard? Would you think that tactic is going to come into play on, on Sunday for us? I don't know if Kilkenny keep the tactics they had against Galway, you know, and, and run off the ball and, and, and uh, used it. Now, in fairness, now, Croke Park is going to be a different... Um, a different uh, ball game on Sunday with the open spaces and the space in Croke Park, you know. It's definitely uh, going to uh, mean... Um, well, I still think uh, Kilkenny will will uh, will will use the space, and obviously Brian Dowling will have them well geared for that. We're going to let Gillian hold that thought because we are going to take a very quick ad break, and when we come back, Gillian is going to give us her thoughts on that idea. And welcome back. We have a good crowd here in Dixborough this evening for the preview show coming up. Gillian Dillon, just before the break, you were going to answer. Paula's question about the sweeper and Davy's tactics. So, how do you think it's going to go? Yeah, well, I think you always have to watch out for Davy. He could have anything up his sleeve, you know. But um, I think Kenny got the tactics very, very correct the last day in the semi-final. And I suppose whatever team and management team adapt to what's happening on the pitch the quickest um, will probably win on the day because it's all about that nowadays. It's all about work rate, fitness levels, strength. You were talking earlier about um, the changing of the game where it's more contact involved. Um, so it's, it's, it's down to all those, uh, accumulation of all those things and which team will be able to adapt to what's happening there in front of them. Sometimes it's really easy to look back in hindsight and all the rest, but you actually have to be able to make a change or whatever. And our goalie was phenomenal the last day as well. I mean, yeah, she, she was unreal. So I, everything is in our favour, I think. Give us your prediction. I'm going to ask you first. Give us your prediction against Cork on Sunday. Oh, okay. So, um, Kenny will be, it'll be 210 to about 17. That's a big margin. You're looking at a six yeah. point victory. Yeah. You're that confident. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Well, why not? Exactly. It was a good semi final. Teresa, I'm going to ask you the same question. How do you think the girls are going to do on Sunday? Well, I do think they'll, they're going to win and maybe four or five points in it. Okay, and I'm going to ask you the same question as I asked Gillian because obviously you're granny now to James and you've had Gillian there before. So how's the nerves with yourselves uh, when he's out playing now? We, we know what the nerves was like when herself was out on the field. But as a granny now, has the nerves escalated or are you just so proud to see him out there? Very proud and uh, the nerves would be. 
there thereabouts, you know. You'd be playing every every ball with them, really, even though I never played any hurling, but <laughs> I'd still be playing every every stroke with them, you know. As every good Irish granny would be. <laughs> Bridie, uh, we've also been told the Cup is obviously the O'Duffy Cup, which is named after the great Sean O'Duffy from County Mayo, and you actually knew the great Sean O'Duffy. I did indeed. Um, I started and I played my first match with Kilkenny in 1972, and Sean O'Duffy would ha- was involved with the du- Dublin were to the fore those years in the 70s. And Sean O'Duffy was big into administration in Dublin and he would have attended a lot of the matches. So I did meet him in person at a lot of the matches himself and his wife Kathleen. Um, I know Sean died in 1980, but he certainly was around all the years in the 1970s, and we would have played Dublin like we, we beat Dublin in the 1976 All-Ireland, and Sean would have been to the fore uh, those years, so I did know him personally, yeah. Contestants that were the, the guests that we have here, not contestants. Where, where did I come up with contestants? All the guests, the special guests that we've had here tonight. Uh, what's your prediction with the, the Cork girls on Sunday? I think Kenny have to be aware to to be aware of Cork. Um, yes, I do think Kilkenny will be to the fore, but there won't be much in it. Um, Kilkenny will, or Cork will definitely step up a gear, but um, Kilkenny will as well. So I I put my money on Kilkenny. Well, we like to hear that in fair play. It's great to have three of the greats here from the past with us. Bridie McGarry, Theresa Dillon and Gillian Marr, thank you very much for joining us here this evening on this very special preview. And I hope to God your predictions now do come right, especially Gillian's if it's going to be six points on Sunday. We'd love to see that. Um, and bringing the cup uh, back home here as well. So thank you very much to our three special guests. Uh, I'm going to have a chat to Ken now shortly because obviously we have uh, a prize to give away as well to someone listening at home. We actually have two tickets to give away, Ken, to somebody sitting at home. So I'm going to let you come up with either a question or whatever way we're going to give them out very shortly and we can give our listeners the details. But first of all, we are joined by another very special guest on the stools here in Dixborough GAA and it is Lizzie Ling, former Kilkenny great that played with Kilkenny for many, many, many years, Lizzie, when you started out a wee little sprog all them times ago. Do you miss it? Yes, I, I miss it a lot, actually. Um, it's lovely just seeing Teresa and Jill here. Um, brings back lots of great memories of sitting in the dressing room and Teresa blessing us all with the holy water. And God, the holy water must have went everywhere, did it? Everywhere, yeah. Um, and the salt tablets. It was my first introduction to salt tablets. I didn't know what I was taking at the time. But yeah. <laughs> and would it be right in saying, did you actually play with Gillian? I did, yeah. Very Did you ever mark her in training? I know. I don't think so, actually. No, no. Um, I tried to stay away from everyone. I think at the time I was so small. Um, but look, it was a great privilege for me. I, like I remember going up. I was so very young. But I, looking back, I felt very minded. You know, um, I remember a game actually playing Galway. I think it was an All Ireland semi final and getting. Um, yeah, there was a foul thrown anyway, and I think it was Bridgie Mullally 
Oh God! Uh, I can see where this <laughs> is going. Threw the girl over the line as a result, but um, I did. I felt really looked after, and it was really special times. Actually, there was a good bond there between all the players, you know, and especially when the younger ones came in, because even we could see it the time that Katie was there and Michelle was there, um, coming in at 16 years of age, so very young to be bringing girls in. Obviously, at that time, I mean, and and the girls started when they were 13, all them years ago as well. But it was uh, it was a bit unusual, like. To be bringing in the, the younger players but you must have felt a bit protected as you said by the older players so they did really look out for the, the younger ones coming into the setup. Oh absolutely yeah um, and I suppose look 1999 was my first All-Ireland um, and like it was a massive occasion for me you know something I always dreamed of doing and never thought I'd do it so young um, and I probably was a little bit naive um, in thinking that this was going to be and what it was going to be like every year, you know. Um, and we got there again in 2001, last um, by a fair margin that year, and didn't get back till 2009. So, you know, it's a, it's very special to get there. And probably when you're young, you think it's going to last forever, you know. But it doesn't either. So. In fairness to a lot of the players that hasn't won an All-Ireland medal from the 94 team all the way up to 2016, and a lot of players has gone through all those age groups, when you look at the likes of, you know, Bridgie Mullally has been there. I don't know if Bridgie was on the 94 team for Jeffina, but the likes of yourself, you know, your sister, uh, or not your sister, your cousin Aoife uh, was there as well. You know, the, the links, there's a couple of you that has been there with a while. It's a long gap to be waiting for an All-Ireland title, 22 years, especially in Kilkenny when they're classed as one of the, that was the strongholds going back in the day. Yeah, no, and I suppose we came very close in 1999. We just lost by one point. Um, again, in 2001 and 2009, we were beaten comprehensively. And it, and it took Kilkenny until 2016 to win in All-Ireland. I had retired three or four years at that time. I was actually waiting to have my second child um, when Kilkenny were playing that day. And I remember feeling really emotional, you know, listening to Sinead Malay, who was given the commentary that day, and hearing her feeling so emotional that Kilkenny had made the breakthrough. And I remember being at home and just wishing I was there, um, but just feeling so happy that they had and that those players like Katie and Denise that had come up, you know, had really brought on the younger players because they had come from winning minors and had really understood that and had really brought on those girls. So it was great. You know, it was finally the breakthrough that they all deserved. I'll never forget the three of them, Brendan Hennessy, uh, Sinead and Tommy Welsh. The three of them was open. Obviously, it was a great day because the intermediates mm. was on. Carlo were in the junior beforehand and then the senior. So they had to be wrecked. I mean, they were done three games. But someone was out. You're not allowed colours in the press box. So you can't wear your county colours. But someone was after sneaking the Kilkenny flag into the press box that day. And as soon as the senior game was over, I looked up. The three of them was waving down, roaring and shouting. Now, we couldn't hear what they were saying, but we yeah. knew they were elated, as you said. And obviously, you were uh, listening in um, on the radio and the whole lot. But that was a special day for it, the it girls. It really was. Uh, you know, and for all the players who had gone and hadn't won one, it was really special for them, too. You know, it was just as special for them as the girls who had won it. So, yeah, it was lovely to hear Sinead that day. And she was just so emotional on the radio. So, yeah, a really good day. And just to go back to, I suppose, 2016, that was the breakthrough, as we've said. And, you know, as he spoke about, you know, girls wanting to be there. This group of girls, a lot of them were there in 2016. It took them an awful lot of years to get there. Potentially in, what, the last couple of All-Irelands, bar one. 
and they're now making a reappearance again on Sunday. You know, for yourself as a former player going into playing in an All Ireland final, having lost previous ones, is there that doubt in the back of your head? Look, I, I imagine what's going to be in the girls' head on Sunday is the loss against Cork last year, and that's going to be a real driving force for the girls. They showed such spirit in in the semi-final. I, I don't think it would have mattered who they were playing, you know, um, in the semi-final. I think Kilkenny would have come out on top. And I think that's what they have to bring on Sunday. Like Cork will bring their A game. They're used to Crow Park and, you know, All-Ireland A. Um, they have a lot to build on from the semi-final. Um, but I think if Kilkenny bring that spirit and that determination on Sunday, I think they will come out on top. No, and certainly I think Kilkenny this year, you know, we've mentioned already, they're just gelling really well together. But for you, you know, you said you missed it. Is it something that you'd like, you know, you'd love your kids to get involved in as well, I suppose, down along the line too? Yeah, well, my little lads, they're all very small. It's Porrick, Liam and Kira. They're only seven, five and four. So they've started playing hurling and a bit like Gillian, it is very nerve-wracking to go and look at them. You're just so nervous for them, you know, that it'll all go okay. But it's really good to see them involved and, like, all the effort that goes. I suppose I never probably really appreciated the effort that the trainers put in and the backroom teams, and now I see that, you know, and seeing it coming up from the grassroots, it's it's really brilliant. And Hurlan and Camogie and Kilkenny. I'm back on. We are uh, certainly looking forward to uh, looking and uh, catching up with your three young fellas because as sure as a God, we'll come across somewhere along the field and I'll have you roaring and shouting at me on a, a sideline one day that I am... Uh... <laughs> I tell you one thing, you might be the first roaring to see person ever not to do that. But Lizzie Ling, thank you very much for joining us here on this very special show. Uh, right, I'm going to make my way down along here to a very... Happy woman at the minute beside me. We spoke to the chairman of the GEA club earlier. While you're still the one model, Catherine Peters, you still are the boss of the Camogie Club. And what a fantastic weekend it's going to be for yourselves and especially to have Aoife leading out the team out of the tunnel of Crow Park on Sunday. And Martin, we're absolutely delighted um, to have Aoife as captain. And I suppose we were in a position when we won the county final last year that we could uh, put a, a captain in there and Aoife was selected to go in as captain um, and no better woman because she's a great leader she's a great role model uh, anytime I come out she seems to be here and in the ball wall or taking freeze and the little ones love her and she gives so much back into the club it's well deserved. It's great for the, the small little girls to be able to look up to the likes of, you had Lucinda two years ago, now you have Aoife Aoife being a younger player as well, it's great that small girls can see, well I can aim to achieve to that as well, get to Crow Park, captain my county and lead them out on All-Ireland Final Day. Uh, it's really special for them and Aoife is fantastic with the little ones she comes out and she engages with them Comes she signs their hurls, their jerseys, uh, gets involved in training sessions with them, encourages and the whole way so she's fantastic and the little ones I have to say they love her and I think they can you know she's young like you say Martin she's she's young so they can they, they, they can sort of see that there is potential for them then as well maybe Exactly. Well, I know you're a busy lady tonight. You've been out with training with the other group, even though Aoife wasn't out with them this evening. So the very best luck to you and all the club on uh, Sunday evening. And you never know, we might be back here Tuesday night for the homecoming. Hopefully we will be with the O'Duffy Cup and we look forward to welcoming all. And it was great having you here. Well, thank you very much. As for the hospitality, as always, much appreciated.
Now, as we get into the latter stages of this evening, we get into the in-depth and in-depth even analysis of what's going to be a fantastic game. And three, I, I don't know, I'm scared now. I have three formidable women here in front of me in the form of Paula Dowling and Anya with me. Lil is looking at number four, but I, I don't really fear her that much. But we are delighted to be joined by former Kilkenny All-Star and RTE pundit and analyst, uh, Elaine O'Leary. Is it Elaine Elwood or Elaine O'Leary now? Uh, it depends. I'm back in Kilkenny now. I'll be Elwood. <laughs> <laughs> Elaine, you were on duty for the semi-finals in Crow Park. Uh, Kilkenny versus Galway, epic game. You've seen the Cork and Waterford game as well. How did you fare out? What did you make of the two semi-finals? Yeah, look, lucky enough to be pitch side, I suppose, for the two of them, so up close to the action. Um, yeah, look, I suppose, as was said, Cork probably won't be happy with that semi-final performance, but they know that and everybody else knows that as well, and I've no doubt that's not the Cork performance we'll see on Sunday, so there's no fear of that. We certainly won't see Ashing Thompson on the bench for, for 22 or 23 minutes, so that brings a total different complex to what Cork are going to bring on on Sunday, and then you couldn't but be impressed by the performance Kilkenny put in. I'd been lucky enough to be in Athenry two weeks before that, and I'd seen glimpses of it, and I I suppose leaving Athenry that day, I just thought to myself, well, we could possibly see this kind of a game again because I think that game in Athenry, it just lifted the championship. The championship had been really, really solid up to then, but that game just elevated to a new level and I think everyone leaving there that day was excited to see that we might see these two teams again beat in a semi-final or a final and they certainly produced it again and I think Kilkenny probably even upped it another level um, and just totally smothered Galway in that semi-final. The news coming out of both camps at the minute is there's no changes to the teams that finished uh, or started I should say so Ashling Thompson is the only change on Cork she's actually going to come in to replace the number eight that was the last day and I can't think of her name off the top of my head and Keisha I should Manny. know thank you very much yes good woman um, so that's a big change for Cork, so to have Ashling start, but Brian taking the, the same team that started against Galway. Yeah, look, I suppose it's hard to change a winning formula from a Kilkenny point of view, you know. They've certainly shown the last year that there's subs there that need to be done, but any girl that started the last year, any girl that came on, certainly put their hand up for a starting place. So, look, I suppose Brian happy enough to go with that same 15, and no surprise in Cork that Ashton Thompson is in. Probably a bit of a surprise, maybe, that I suppose given how late the appeal was overturned the last day that she didn't start, but certainly, look, when she came on and she's available from Sunday, you know, there's no doubt that she was going to start. Katie Manny probably a little bit unlucky to, to miss out. You know, she's played all the league and all the championship with them, but I suppose the, in the back of her mind, Hannah Looney was always coming back from New York, and when you're trying to get into a midfield partnership that has Ashton Thompson and Hannah Looney in it, I suppose you need to be on your A-game every day. And look, she did a good solid 20 minutes on, on Beth Carton the last day and Beth probably came out on top of that. But, you know, she had taken a lot of the sting out of Beth, I think, by the time that, that Ashton Thompson came on and Laura Tracy got to pick up Beth then and Ashton Thompson swept into that role that she does so well. And to be fair to Ashley, I mean, she did overturn things for Cork when she came on. They were struggling big time. When is the last time you can ever remember a Cork team not scoring for 25 minutes in the first half of Camogie? Yeah, I wish I could remember it more. I might have had more success <laughs> if they hadn't been scoring for 20 minutes. No, I certainly never played against a Cork team that didn't score for 20 minutes. We probably didn't score for 20 minutes some days. But yeah, they just look rudderless without her, really. And I suppose, look, it comes down to probably the turmoil of the two weeks, maybe, and appeals. And, you know, they've been in that boat before last year, we know too well. So, look, I think that all upsets the camp, no matter how calm you try and keep things. I think it does get in at times. And, look, she's an integral part. She's a multiple All-Star, multiple All-Ireland winner, a club and county level. She's a huge, huge leader on that Cork team. And when she was missing, like I said, they just looked a bit rudderless. And, look, a lot of what the game plan that Cork play go through her. You know, Laura Tracy picks up, she sweeps back, and a lot of their attack starts from there, and she sets the whole thing up. You know, she's, she's as capable of driving forward as she is striking forward, and she does, you know, whatever she needs to do from back there for them. So, yeah, they 
they certainly looked rudderless without her, but the minute she came on, you could see her very first ball straight down to Mackey, score, and Cork was starting to hum then. To go back to there, to the, we'll say the midfield duo that you were potentially going to see in Ashling Thompson and Hannah Looney. Realistically, Kilkenny, that's a battle Kilkenny really need to be winning on Sunday if they're going to be playing any part in an All-Ireland final, really. Yeah, absolutely. Look, and I think across all codes now, Ireland football, everything, the midfield is so important because that's where so much of the action takes place. You know, everything is fed through there. And certainly for Cork, you know, that's a strong midfield partnership, physically strong aside from anything else. And look how they play. I suppose I would expect Ashton Thompson to sit back again another little bit. So what do you go up and sit on her there and try and stop her at source? And Hannah Looney, look, she comes from a football and background. She has the, the, the power to get up and down that field all day so she will do that and look they'll hurt Kilkenny physically around the middle of the field if they can but aside from that then you have you know their two wing backs love to get forward as well Laura Hayes and, and Saoirse McCarthy love getting forward and a lot of scores have come from them this year if anything I thought in the league final they were probably a little bit over dependent on the two of them and everything had to go through them so as it turned out by the time Galway were able to run the bench they hit them for 2-5 at the back because I think the two wing backs were so exhausted from going forward that they forgot to get back and defend I think we've seen Cork tweak that a little bit and while it's still a good bit goes through those two wing backs not as much as did that nice the league final and that's where I think the real battle will be will be Kilkenny's two wing forwards we saw the last day the likes of whoever plays there be it Julianne or Katie Nolan or Mary O'Connell whoever it is Michaela Keneally up and down the field I try and get up as much as I can and stop that cork at source from the half-back line from that midfield. And I think Kilkenny then will do the damage inside. And that's going to come down to the work rate that Kilkenny are obviously going to have to produce, likely produce in the semi-final against Galway. It's going to be really, really important on Sunday. Massively so, yeah. And like, I think Kilkenny were really, really confident in their defence in that All-Ireland semi-final. You know, they were happy to go one-on-one with Galway at the back. And at times I felt they nearly ran Galway down traps. You know, they left that one player with the ball, never left her to go meet her to create that overlap. And that's why Aoife Norris had the game she had. I think she nearly stepped up as an extra defender at times. So when the Galway forward ran out of options, she suddenly met Aoife Norris and there was no overlap. There was no shot on the goal. And they just ran out of options from a Galway point of view. And look, you'd be looking for something the same. But the only thing I would be wary of is the likes of Amy O'Connor, Katrina Mackey. They've been tipping along quietly all year. You know, Amy O'Connor is capable of getting goals and I think if she gets in on one-on-one situations we'll probably see a different result no matter how good Aoife Norris is on the day so whether Kilkenny will be brave enough to defend like that again or whether as I said they try and stop Cork at source back in their own half-back line which I think is where you need to stop them. Um, I was just saying I think it's very um, interesting with the guard one of the matchups that I'm really interested in is the Miriam Walsh factor. Now who's going to pick her up? Will it be Libby Coppinger or will it be Maeve Callan? I would go with Libby Coppinger. I reckon, I think, I actually thought Libby Coppinger was excellent in the semi-final. I thought she was really, really good. And, you know, she's still quite young. Like, I remember her playing on the Intermediate Cork team back in 2016. And they actually took her off with about 10 minutes to go when that match was in the Melton Pot, like, that were a draw match. And he brought her on in the second half of the senior game. And that's how much faith that Hottie Murray had put in her. And I think Libby Coppinger has grown so much over the last couple of years that it'll be herself and Miriam that'll be tussling there. I think Miriam's physicality and her strength, I think that'll, she'll win that battle there. I would be thinking anyway. Yeah, I think it's, it's a battle that's made for one another. I think yeah. the two of them will thrive off it. They're two similar players. Physicality, as I said, Libby has the back, the football background as well. So we saw her left one on one a couple of times in the semi final and she had no fear of it. She held up the ball. She got into her hand. I thought she had a great game as well. I think she's really developed into an excellent full back for yeah. Cork because once Laura Tracy stepped up to fill Gemma O'Connor's boots at centre back, I think there was a gap at full back for Cork and they did struggle for a year or two. But I think Libby has really 
really, really developed her, probably her hurling side of things in the last couple of years. She always had the physicality of it, maybe caught a little bit for hurling, but I think that has certainly come on the last couple of years. And yeah, I would imagine she will pick up Miriam and it's going to be a huge battle on the edge of the square. The other big that I see as well is where do they play Denise Gall? Um, do they play her as a third midfielder as they've been doing and giving her the space to roam around and kind of be like the playmaker you're taking her out of the equation inside in the full forward line she has been very good at freeze albeit the last day wasn't so good for her um, but where do you see Denise as being her best position? Yeah I'd see her coming out around the middle of the field again getting on ball as I said she's a playmaker for Kilkenny well capable of getting up and getting on a couple of scores as well but I think Kilkenny this year have really thrived on that space inside the likes of Merriam maybe and Katie Nolan inside in a two person full forward line and that lovely diagonal ball that they've been playing over and back and I think Denise is excellent at spraying that kind of ball in there and she's super for like I remember up in Athenry plucking a puck out out of the air straight down and over the bar at the other end like two pucks so that's what she gives you she's a target for puck outs as well and with the quick puck outs from wide balls this year if she manages to get into a little bit of space and Cork take their eye off her for a second she's capable of getting primary possession from there and look I think if you're winning primary possession around the middle of the field you're putting yourself in a great position going forward so I think Denise is key for that around the middle of the field I'd certainly be expecting to see her out around there at some stage I'd imagine she'll drift in and out but look as she showed in the semi-final she's capable of popping up anywhere in the full back line up Exactly and another player that's going to be pivotal to Kilkenny's success as well is one of your own club mates and that's Julianne Malone great to have her back from Australia back into the setup as well had an excellent game uh, against Galway in Athen Ryan had a very good game in the semi-final as well she's going to have a pivotal role on Sunday Yeah Julianne is one of these players that really thrives on that kind of pressure I think she, she doesn't carry any inhibitions in with her she just throws off the, the shackles and gets on with it and yeah finished with four points the last day and I always go back to the 2016 All-Ireland Final she was player of the match in that All-Ireland Final Kilkenny won it by four points I think and Julianne scored four points from play so look she's a massive massive player and when Julianne is on form she gives you everything like she's able to score four points but she's able to work like a dog all over the field as well and she'll get the hooks she'll get the blocks and then when she gets the opportunity she's able to pop up with the scores as well so no more than any of the rest of the forwards look I think their work rate is is first and foremost that's the building block on everything that's been good about Kilkenny so far this year and then if you have the skill to put a couple of points over the bar to go with it you're the full package. And Kilkenny's high fielding as well have been very impressive like Julianne for one uh, Laura Murphy has been there as well but a couple of the backs uh, Neve Daly the high fielding in particular this year seems to have come on leaps and bounds from what it was a couple of years ago yeah and I actually I love watching their warm up drill beforehand the one across the field the high ball over one of them contesting it and the other trying to put them off and I think you can see it even Michelle Teen is probably one of the, the smallest players on the field and she manages to come out with some of the highest catches in the game so it's certainly look like I said about Denise winning primary possession around the middle of the field if you can win the ball in the air you're in possession straight away and nine times out of ten in Kamoke if you're in possession there's a good chance you're going to get a free or you're going to create something out of it so if you're winning the primary possession in the air you're certainly onto a, onto a good start just to go back there to Michelle Teen, she obviously had a phenomenal game the last day and you know it's, it's definitely a position that she's really after growing in and she's becoming a leader on this Kilke squad do you think she will be potentially picking up Amy O'Connor on Sunday yeah, I think it's probably the most likely partnership inside in that full forward line because I'd imagine Cork will end up with two inside, Amy O'Connor being one of them. And look, Michelle Teen has got pace. Amy O'Connor has plenty of pace as well. But, you know, Michelle is well able to go toe-to-toe with the best forwards in the country. I'd imagine she should should probably pick her up. But look, if she doesn't, and if it's swapped, you know, Amy O'Connor might come out for a while. I think any of the Kilkenny backs are such capable defenders and they showed the last day they're all well able to go toe-to-toe with any of the best forwards in the country.
Well, Elaine is staying with us here for a while. You are joining us here from Dixborough GAA Club for the Camogie All-Ireland 2022 Senior Preview here. And we are going to be back very shortly after this short break. But first of all, we do need to mention this evening's sponsors who are MLCS Cleaning Services, preferred supplier for all your facility-related cleaning requirements. See www.mlcslimited.ie. We'll be back after the short break. Yes, you are welcome back. And telling me the sponsor being rolled off the tongue there. Well, they're used to doing it. You're the professionals, like. So, uh, welcome back here to Dixborough GAA Club here for the final part of this special edition of Come On Kind podcast here with myself, Martin Quilty, joined as always by Anya Fahi, Paula Dowling, and delighted to be joined by our special guest from RTE, Elaine Elward slash O'Leary, depending on what part of the world that she's in. Uh, so, Elaine, Anya, Paula, I'm going to ask the three of you now. I'm going to start with Elaine, first of all. You're Brian Dowling. How are you going to beat Cork on Sunday? What's your tactics? No pressure, so. <laughs> Look, I think we saw in the semi-final, like I said, I think Ashing Thompson is key to everything that Cork do well. When she wasn't on the field, Cork weren't the same Cork that we're used to seeing. I do expect there to be a bounce back in Cork. And like I said, I don't expect the same performance again. And I think the likes of Amy O'Connor, Katrina Mackey had quite your semi-finals. I don't expect them to. Cork are a different beast when they get to an All-Ireland final, as I know too well over the years. You know, they seem to be able to rise their performance. And the fact that the intermediates are there as well, you know, they won the under 16 last weekend. They had the minor the weekend before. I know for our previously in the year, I know from being down in Cork that they are quietly optimistic. I think it's a lovely way for them to be coming into an All-Ireland final, you know, having not played that well in the semi-final. All the talk is on Kilkenny and how well they are going. I think the pressure is well and truly off Cork, but I can tell you they are very confident in themselves down there. So, look, I think, like I said, I think you need to stop them at source. I think you need to turn Ashton Thompson back towards their own goal. I'd like to see Laura Hayes and Saoirse McCarthy heading back towards their own goal and asking a bit of defending of them rather than letting them go forward. Everything Cork do well comes from that half-back line from Laura Tracy, Ashing Thompson, Laura Hayes and Saoirse McCarthy. So I think if you're stopping them there, you're stopping them laying off handy ball maybe to, to Hannah Looney in the middle of the field and her starting her run from there. So I think from a Kilkenny point of view, you want your wing forwards up tight on those wing backs and you want them putting them under pressure. And look, I think that's something Kilkenny have done really, really well all year and we said it already, their work rate has been the cornerstone of everything they've done all year and first and foremost, it's work rate, it's up and down the field. So I think they'll be well able for that, well capable of it and I think it's something they'll have highlighted. Look, I suppose Ashton Thompson did the highlighting herself when she came on the field. She showed how important she is to that Cork team. So I think if she were going to target one person, she's probably the one you need to try and keep quiet. Now, nobody's going to keep Ashton Thompson quiet for 60 minutes of a game. You know, she's not that kind of a player. She's going to have an influence at some stage, but it's if you can curb that influence. And I think that's where you need to start. Paula, I'm going to give you the opposite because you have the grow for Cork as well, having gone to college down there and you've been predicting him to come out of the group uh, in our, our regular podcast as well. So I'm going to give the opposite, Elaine, to you. I'm going to give it to Cork. How does Paula Dowling, if you're managing Cork, beat Kilkenny on Sunday? Obviously, they're going to, like, they're going to continue on with that and probably playing the sweeper role. So the idea is, is to neutralize Denise Gall as much as possible. So they're going to try and bypass that section of the field if she's playing the roam around the middle of the field. So you're talking about the ball will be going directly and straight into the two full forwards. So I can see that happening. From a Kilkenny's perspective, I would like to think, as Elaine said, the important thing is that we have to keep the ball away from Ashing Thompson. So that's by either with the crossfield balls, which they have been using so far, 
And one that we haven't seen that often is that we haven't, which they may do, which we don't know, is that they haven't really been running at attacks that much. It's been letting the ball do the work. And the thing is, the really important thing is how we will react to that period whereby Cork are going to get the upper hand. And I do firmly believe that Julianne Malone could have a really important role to play this weekend because her work rate has been phenomenal, not only on the ball, but it's the off the ball running she's doing because she's tracking back, she's tracking forward. And the same can be said for a lot of the Kilkenny players. So I think it's the work rate that's been done off the ball that's nearly more integral than what's been done on. And I do think that they will, Denise Gall will be a marked woman for the day. That's definitely going to happen. But that gives the opportunity to the likes of Katie Nolan um, and all of the other forwards to slot in there and take their opportunities. And we've seen what they can do. Um, I, I just have a sneaking suspicion we can do this. I think the margins would be very tight, but it, it, I just think these girls have a certain steel about them this year. And there's a certain controlled aggression about them. When they go for the ball, they're going for the ball and, and it doesn't matter who's in the way. So from that perspective, I think once Kilkenny go out with their own mentality of playing their own game and focusing on that, Brian will have taken everything into account, mark my word, but he's going to go out and tell those girls, focus on your own game. It's about going out there and playing your own game and not letting the occasion get them, which it won't, and going out and just giving 110. Yeah, I get the sense and feeling that it's going to be a fantastic game, but a very tight game as well. Um, and to be fair, Anya, it's been a fantastic championship so far. It's probably the best Camogie cha cha senior championship that we've seen in a very long time. Anyone could have been there winning it. The group stages were so close. It was right up to the very death. Would you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. I think when you kind of look at it, you know, the group deciders all came down to the last day, which, you know, we've commented on before and said that that was very, very strange that you nearly knew after the first three rounds who was going to go through in it. But this year, I think it's become more competitive. And I know we're always kind of saying that we need more teams like up competing at the top and we don't want to see the same teams all over every year. But it was great to see the likes of Waterford getting into it, getting into an All-Ireland semi-final. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it has been, it's been a brilliant year for Camogie, I think, in general at all levels. You know, you've got two great teams in a junior final in Antrim and Armagh you're going to have an absolutely thrilling intermediate final between um, Galway and Cork and then of course you know the big one Cork and Kilkenny then in the final OK well we're hitting close on time one final prediction for yourself who's oh, going to win oh Kilkenny by 3-4 points Elaine yeah Kilkenny certainly but I think it'll be closer I think maybe one or two I think and we'll take that Paula I'm going to go with the Freshford verdict. We're going to win by six. <laughs> bit like Gillian Mar earlier on. Well, my sincere thanks to everybody for your help this evening, especially to the man here behind me, to Ken McGuire, for producing everything that's going here. Fair play to him because he's kept me on my toes and kept everything going. To all of our special guests here this evening, to Elaine in particular, to uh, TZ Brennan, Mary Fitzpatrick, Bridie McGarry, Teresa Dillon, Gillian Mar, Liam Dunn, and Lizzie Ling. Thank you very much. To my Co-host, as always, to Anya Fahi and to Paula Dowling. Thank you very much. A big shout out to the nephew in Rathgormock, to Sam and to Jamie. Hope you're listening and you have enjoyed Uncle Marty on the radio because I know you're listening in as well. And don't forget to tune in to Saturday Brunch tomorrow where Eddie will be doing a bit of work and giving away the two tickets. Uh, to the match on Sunday, so tune in to Saturday Brunch. Of course, we will be live from Crow Park on Saturday, or Sunday, I was going to say Saturday, Sunday at a quarter past four for the All-Ireland Senior Camogie Final. So don't forget to tune in there and you'll find us online on the new KCLR app and the usual FM frequencies as well. That's about it here from Dixborough GA and for the Camogie Preview Show. My thanks as 
particular to Catherine and to all the gang here in Dixborough for hosting us as well. It has been brilliant, and especially to our sponsors, MLCS Cleaning Services, a preferred supplier for all your facility-related cleaning requirements. See www.mlcslimited.ie. There we go. How's that? But from us all here in Dixborough until Sunday when we see you in Crow Park, it's goodbye from us all. You're listening to the Come On Kind All-Ireland Preview Show on KCLR. With thanks to MLCS Cleaning Services, preferred supplier for all your facility-related cleaning requirements. See mlcsltd.ie.